Hello, friends. Welcome to the One Year Bible Tour Guide Podcast. It's good to have you with us. My name is David McAdam, and I am happy to serve as your host. It is July 30th, and as with each day's podcast, we will be traveling new territory in our year-long trek through the scriptures. But you may say, haven't we read about these kings before? Yes, we did in the book of Second Kings. However, we're viewing them from a new vantage point. It is as if we're seeing these kings from the other side of the river. We're looking back from the future, from the vantage point of having already seen the Judean kingdom come to destruction. But now... We are reviewing the history so the people can build again with the hope of the messianic promise in view. Let's get right to it and dive into the Old Testament account of King Uzziah, also called Azariah, the son and successor of Amaziah. We are going back in time to 8th century B.C. Jerusalem. Second Chronicles chapter 26 is where we will be starting out on our journey. Second Chronicles chapter 26, beginning with verse 1. Uzziah reigns in Judah. And all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was sixteen years old, and made him king instead of his father Amaziah. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah, after the king slept with his fathers. Uzziah was sixteen years old when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty-two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. He went out and made war against the Philistines, and broke through the wall of Gath, and the wall of Jabna, and the wall of Ashdod, and he built cities in the territory of Ashdod and elsewhere among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians who lived in Gerbaal and against the Munites. The Ammonites paid tribute to Uzziah, and his fame spread even to the border of Egypt, for he became very strong. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem, at the corner gate, and at the valley gate, and at the angle, and fortified them. And he built towers in the wilderness, and cut out many cisterns, for he had large herds, both in the Shephelah and in the plain. And he had farmers and vine-dressers in the hills, and in the fertile lands, for he loved the soil." Moreover, Uzziah had an army of soldiers fit for war in divisions according to the numbers in the muster made by Jael, the secretary, and Messiah, the officer, under the direction of Hananiah, one of the king's commanders. The whole number of the heads of the fathers' houses of mighty men of valor was 2,600. Under their command was an army of 307,500 who could make war with mighty power, to help the king against the enemy. And Uzziah prepared for all the army shields, spears, helmets, coats of mail, bows, and stones for slinging. In Jerusalem he made machines, invented by skillful men, to be on the towers and the corners, to shoot arrows and great stones. And his fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction." for he was unfaithful to the Lord his God, and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. But Azariah the priest went in after him with eighty priests of the Lord who were men of valor, 
And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for you have done wrong, and it will bring you no honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah was angry. Now he had a censer in his hand to burn incense, and when he became angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead in the presence of the priests in the house of the Lord by the altar of incense. And Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked at him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead. And they rushed him out quickly, and he himself hurried to go out, because the Lord had struck him. And King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death, and being a leper lived in a separate house, for he was excluded from the house of the Lord. And Jotham his son was over the king's household, governing the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, from first to last, Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, wrote. And Uzziah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the burial field that belonged to the kings, for they said, He is a leper. And Jotham his son reigned in his place. Chapter 27 Jotham Reigns in Judah Jotham was twenty-five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah had done, except he did not enter the temple of the Lord. But the people still followed corrupt practices. He built the upper gate of the house of the Lord, and did much building on the wall of Ophel. Moreover, he built cities in the hill country of Judah, and forts and towers on the wooded hills. He fought with the king of the Ammonites and prevailed against them. And the Ammonites gave him that year one hundred talents of silver and ten thousand cores of wheat and ten thousand of barley. The Ammonites paid him the same amount in the second and the third years. So Jotham became mighty, because he ordered his ways before the Lord his God. Now the rest of the acts of Jotham, and all his wars and his ways, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. He was twenty-five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. And Jotham slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Ahaz his son reigned in his place. Chapter 28 Ahaz Reigns in Judah Ahaz was twenty years old when he began to reign and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. And he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, as his father David had done, but walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. He even made metal images for the Baals, and he made offerings in the valley of the son of Hinnom, and burned his sons as an offering, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. And he sacrificed, and made offerings on the high places, and on the hills, and under every green tree. Therefore the Lord his God gave him into the hand of the king of Syria, who defeated him, and took captive a great number of his people, and brought them to Damascus. He was also given into the hand of the king of Israel, who struck him with great force. For Pekah, the son of Remaliah, killed one hundred and twenty thousand from Judah in one day, all of them men of valor, because they had forsaken the Lord, the God of their fathers. And Zikri, a mighty man of Ephraim, killed Maasiah, the king's son, and Azrikam, the commander of the palace, and Elkanah, the next in authority to the king. 
the men of Israel took captive two hundred thousand of their relatives, women, sons, and daughters. They also took much spoil from them, and brought the spoil to Samaria. But a prophet of the Lord was there, whose name was Oded, and he went out to meet the army that came to Samaria, and said to them, Behold, because the Lord, the God of your fathers, was angry with Judah, he gave them into your hand, but you have killed them in a rage that has reached up to heaven. And now you intend to subjugate the people of Judah and Jerusalem, male and female, as your slaves. Have you not sins of your own against the Lord your God? Now hear me, and send back the captives from your relatives whom you have taken, for the fierce wrath of the Lord is upon you. Certain chiefs also of the men of Ephraim, Azariah the son of Jehonan, Berechiah the son of Meshillamoth, Jehizekiah the son of Shalom, and Amasa the son of Hadlai, stood up against those who were coming from the war, and said to them, You shall not bring the captives in here, for you propose to bring upon us guilt against the Lord in addition to our present sins and guilt. For our guilt is already great, and there is fierce wrath against Israel. So the armed men left the captives and the spoil before the princes and all the assembly. And the men who have been mentioned by name rose and took the captives, and with the spoil they clothed all who were naked among them. They clothed them, gave them sandals, provided them with food and drink, and anointed them, and carrying all the feeble among them on donkeys, they brought them to their kinsfolk at Jericho, the city of palm trees. Then they returned to Samaria. At that time King Ahaz sent to the king of Assyria for help. For the Edomites had again invaded and defeated Judah and carried away captives. And the Philistines had made raids on the cities in the Shephelah and the Negeb of Judah, and had taken Bethshemesh, Ajalon, Gedaroth, Soko with its villages, Timnah with its villages, and Gimso with its villages. And they settled there. For the Lord humbled Judah because of Ahaz king of Israel, for he had made Judah act sinfully, and had been very unfaithful to the Lord. So Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, came against him and afflicted him instead of strengthening him. For Ahaz took a portion from the house of the Lord and the house of the king and of the princes, and gave tribute to the king of Assyria, but it did not help him. In the time of his distress he became yet more faithless to the Lord, this same king Ahaz. For he sacrificed to the gods of Damascus that had defeated him, and said, Because the gods of the kings of Syria helped them, I will sacrifice to them that they may help me. But they were the ruin of him and of all Israel. And Ahaz gathered together the vessels of the house of God, and cut in pieces the vessels of the house of God, and he shut up the doors of the house of the Lord, and he made himself altars in every corner of Jerusalem. In every city of Judah he made high places to make offerings to other gods, provoking to anger the Lord, the God of his fathers. Now the rest of his acts, and all his ways, from first to last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And Ahaz slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city, in Jerusalem, for they did not bring him into the tombs of the kings of Israel. And Hezekiah his son reigned in his place. And this concludes today's portion from the Old Testament reading from the book of Second Chronicles. Now, as is our custom, let's take a few moments to recap and reflect upon what we have just read. We read about three kings in today's chapters in Second Chronicles, Uzziah, Jotham, and Ahaz. 
Uzziah, the son of the evil king Amaziah, had a remarkable reign, only to have it end with God bringing judgment on his presumption and pride. Overall, he was a very successful king. He was instructed by the prophet Zechariah in the fear of the Lord and sought the Lord during the early days of his reign. In Second Chronicles 26, verse 5, he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. This disposition of faith, earnest inquiry as to what is the mind of the Lord, trust in His promises and full reliance upon Him, is essential for success. But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 There is a long list of accomplishments, military victories over the Philistines, Arabs, and Meunites, construction projects including towers in Jerusalem and in the desert, water cisterns, and rebuilt towns. He loved the soil and herding livestock. But when he became strong, his heart was so proud that he acted corruptly, and he was unfaithful to the Lord his God, for he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 16. Pride and presumption led to his downfall. He assumed that because he was successful and because he was king, he could do whatever he wanted, even entering the temple and performing the sacred duties that were strictly limited by the law of God to the priests. The subtle danger of success and prosperity is a sense of entitlement. You begin to feel you have executive privilege. Your personal strength becomes a character weakness as you no longer put your full trust in the Lord. The result of Uzziah's act of sacrilege is that he is struck with leprosy and must spend the rest of his days in quarantine. Rather than being buried in a tomb with the kings, he is buried in a field belonging to the kings. Jotham succeeds him as king. In this account, we only read of positive elements. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He stayed within the domain of his office, not committing the presumptuous sin of his father Uzziah. He was effective in leading construction projects, rebuilding the upper gate of the temple, the wall at the hill of Ophel, and built towns, forts, and towers. He was successful in his war against the Ammonites, who brought him regular tribute. So Jotham became mighty because he ordered his ways before the Lord his God. 2 Chronicles chapter 27, verse 6. The people continued with their corrupt practices, but Jotham moved quietly forward, pursuing the will of God. He had godly influences in his life. The prophet Isaiah was exercising his ministry during Jotham's early years. It is believed that his mother was the daughter of Zadok the priest, and he profited from the example of his father Uzziah, both good and bad. He remained humble and persistent in his devotion. In Second Chronicles chapter 28, we read about the horrors of King Ahaz, who not only turned the country back to idolatry, but also to the evil practice of child sacrifice. It is likely that he sacrificed his own sons in his demonically inspired worship of false gods. Moreover, he burned incense in the valley of Ben-Hinnom and burned his sons in fire, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had driven out before the sons of Israel. Second Chronicles chapter 28, verse 3. He even uses the sacred treasures of the temple to barter with the king of Syria to procure his aid. In chapter 28, verse 21. He persisted in evil despite God's chastisement of handing him over to the king of Israel, even when 120,000 of his men were slaughtered by Pekah, son of Remaliah. He was further chastised when his son, Maasiah, the chief palace officer, Arikam, 
and his prime minister, Elkanah, were killed by Zikri, an Ephraimite warrior. The Israelites took 200,000 captives from Judah, plus plunder. Oded, the prophet of the Lord, orders the Israelite army to send back these prisoners to Judah because they themselves were guilty of the same sins. These severe punishments did little to produce repentance in King Ahaz. Now in the time of his distress, this same King Ahaz became yet more unfaithful to the Lord. He begins to offer sacrifices to the Assyrian gods in Damascus. He shuts down the worship of the true God in the temple of Jerusalem and sets up altars and high places for the worship of other gods. He was not buried in the tomb of kings, but was buried with his fathers in Jerusalem. His son Hezekiah succeeds him as king. Second Chronicles chapter 28, verse 22. And we will pick up the story tomorrow. Let's go now to the New Testament book of Romans, chapter 13, verses 1 through 14. Submission to the Authorities Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Will you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing." Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. And that is the end of today's portion from the New Testament, Paul's letter to the Romans. We read in Romans chapter 13 about authority. God is the author of authority and we are called to submit ourselves to God-ordained authorities. The Christian is not to have a rebellious spirit, even when our conscience does not permit us to obey a command that would contradict God's law. God-ordained authorities are needed to uphold the law and protect the well-being of citizens. We respect the God-given offices of authority, even if obedience to God does not permit us to obey their commands. 
We are called to do our part in relationship to those God has allowed to be put into authority, putting ourselves in submission, obeying civil ordinances, and performing expected duties such as paying taxes unless they violate God's commands. In Acts chapter 5, verse 29. In Romans chapter 13, verse 7, we read, Render to all what is due them, tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. We are to work to be free of debt. In chapter 13, verse 8, Paul emphasizes the supremacy of the law of love because by loving God, we will love what he loves and desire what pleases him and what is good for others. God is concerned with order, not only in the church, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 34, chapter 14, verse 40, chapter 16, verse 1, and Colossians chapter 2, verse 5, but also in society, in Titus chapter 3, verse 1, and 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. The Christian has responsibilities in both spheres. In his book, Confessions, Augustine speaks of his conversion. I was in a garden and heard a voice as of a boy or girl, I know not, chanting and oft repeating, Take up and read, take up and read. He opened the book on a bench. It was this passage in Romans chapter 13. He read verses 11 through 14. Do this, knowing the time, that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone, and the day is near. Therefore let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. Augustine wrote, No further would I read, nor needed I, for instantly at the end of this sentence, by a light as it were of serenity infused into my heart, all the darkness of doubt vanished away. Now let's go on to our reading from the book of Psalms, Psalm 23, verse 1 through 6, the Shepherd's Psalm, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is our second trip through the book of Psalms this year. And this psalm is an unforgettable milestone. It describes so many benefits that we have in a personal relationship with the Lord. Do you know God personally? Do you know Him as the shepherd and overseer of your soul? The one who provides for you in such a way that you shall not want? Have you experienced the promised rest that He has won for you? Are you refreshed and restored by resting and abiding in His presence? Do you know His leading you in the paths of righteousness that enables you to bear His testimony in this world? What about those days when you are facing your mortality? Do you have peace with God? When you walk through the valley of death, do you fear no evil? 
Do you know His abounding grace that prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies? The song of this sheep overflows with a sense of God's bountiful provisions for every day of your life and the sure promise of an eternal home. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Psalm 23, verse 6. And now to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 11. Even a child makes himself known by his acts, by whether his conduct is pure and upright. A child is known by his actions. What do your actions say about you, child of God? Parents, you can cultivate those positive character traits already being displayed in your children while tending to those contrary ways with wise discipline and modeling the kind of behavior you expect from them with a heart attitude that is pleasing to God. Now let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, you are our shepherd. You are my shepherd. You are the shepherd king. You are our highest authority, and we seek to do that which honors you and brings you pleasure. We pray your kingdom come and your will be done. In your presence is fullness of joy. I shall not want. You give us each day our daily bread. You feed, tend, lead, restore, comfort, protect, and rescue your flock. Keep us from foolish idolatries. Thank you for those in the body of Christ whose ministry and fellowship through the Word keeps us on track. Lead us not into temptation, but into constant communion with yourself and your truth by the Holy Spirit. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Reign in us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've had an instructive and edifying trek through the Bible today, and God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow. We hope that this podcast is encouraging you in that healthy habit of pursuing daily Bible reading. If you have any comments or questions, you can contact us by writing an email to podcast at newlife.org, and we'll do our best to get back in touch with you. Also, if you are blessed by this ministry and you want to learn how you can be supportive of its outreach, you can go to our website, newlife.org, and learn more about our team effort to make a difference in our world through the gospel. You can also subscribe there to a written copy of our Bible commentary. We are happy to offer it to you freely. So until next time, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Shalom. May his peace be with you.